Brothers and my sisters, I ask that you would go with me to John, the 20th chapter. John, the 20th chapter, looking at the 19th verse, John 20, 19. New Testament, the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter. The 19th verse. And it reads us, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. My brothers and my sisters, I ask that you would join me in a word of prayer as we share on this sermonic subject. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Turn to your neighbor and say, help is on the way, help. Turn to somebody on the other side and say, neighbor, help is on the way, help. Let us look to the Lord God in Jesus' name. We do thank you. Grateful, God, for this moment. Grateful, God, for your power. Now, God, anything that would limit me, we rebuke it right now in Jesus' name. God, in Jesus' name, grab a hold of this, your humble servant. Use me, God, in this moment. Speak to me and through me so that someone may get saved, someone may get delivered, someone may get set free. And we'll be sure to give your name the honor, the praise, and the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Help is on the way. My brothers and my sisters, uh, I've come to understand as I have... Uh, matured in my faith walk, uh, that the true impact of a breakthrough often takes time to be felt. Uh, that the true impact of a breakthrough often takes time uh, for the ramifications of it to be understood. It's a very interesting thing. I learned this in a very practical sense on my first big job. Anybody remember your first real job with benefits? Amen, somebody. I remember um, my first a real job with benefits, and I was so excited because I was broke. Amen, somebody. I was broken. I was excited because they hired me. I was excited because I started working. But what I realized was even though I was working the job, I was still broke. Okay, let me help somebody here. Let me help somebody. Y'all looked at me strange on this side. Let me come for you on this side. That I had started a job, but I was still broke. Why? Uh, because uh, uh, even though I was working, I had still not gotten my first paycheck. And so even though I had gotten the breakthrough of the job, and had shouted and had gotten all excited about the fact that I had a new job. I had this real job with this real salary that I was going to be able to live at a level I had not been able to live. I wasn't going to be broke no more. I was going to work. Amen, somebody. I was catching uh, the bus. Amen, somebody. Yeah, uh, the W13. Amen, somebody. Uh, any Fort Washington folks know what I'm talking about? I was catching the bus uh, to then get to work. I was getting to work. And, and yet, in the midst of it all, I was still trying to find money 
for lunch. Amen, somebody. Still trying to borrow money for bus fare. I, I had the job. I had the salary. I had everything written up. But I was still broke because even though I had the breakthrough, the ramifications the, the, of the breakthrough had not yet been made real in my practical existence. Is that making sense to somebody today? Uh, but not just that, not just that. Reverend Bill, I worked there for two weeks. I worked there for two weeks. It was payday. It was payday. I worked there for two weeks. I was excited because I realized that, that I had a new job, that I had worked for two weeks. Uh, they told me it was payday and everybody was getting their checks and they had no check for me. Oh, I got some grown folks up in here know what I'm talking about right now because you know my pain. Anybody here, you done felt my pain that you done got the new job that you done worked for two weeks and everybody is getting their checks and you going there ready to get your check. I, I had already planned what I was going to buy. I had already planned how I was going to spend it. I had already set up a, a time to go to the club that week because we was going to turn up too. Amen, somebody. I had already made the plans and went to grab my check and I had no check and I said, excuse me, but y'all got an issue here because everybody else done got their check. But where is my check? And the head of HR had to help me understand grown folks' positions. Amen. Somebody had to help me. I had never had a grown folk job before. Amen. Somebody had to help me understand. That, yes, baby, you work for two weeks. But on this job, you got two weeks in the hole. Lord, have mercy. Ah. that you work for two weeks, that's in the hole. You get that next pay period. So I had to work another two weeks. I had a job. I was shouting because of the breakthrough of the job, but I was still broke for another month. It was not that I had not been blessed, it was just that the process of being able to feel the benefits of the blessing did not happen. I'm trying to help somebody here today because you've been asking God for the breakthrough and God's like, I done already sent the breakthrough. You just ain't felt it just yet because you got two weeks in the hole. But I want to let you know that payday is on the way. I want you to let you know. I want to let you know that even though you have not received it, it does not not mean it's not yours. Somebody give God glory if, if you know that your breakthrough and so we find ourselves in this text. The resurrection has happened and I realized Reverend Bill as I was praying about what to preach this Sunday I realized that oftentimes because we are looking at the resurrection uh, 2,000 years later that we can miss the context of this story. Uh, here you have in the story, you have the disciples it's, uh, they're, they're in a room. It's the disciples, all of them except for Th Thomas, and they're in a room. Uh, and, and it says they're in the room for fear. they got the room door locked. They're in the room. The door is locked for fear of the, the, the Jews. Now, I want you to remember that Jesus already got up. But they in a room scared. That Jesus has already gotten up out the grave, that the sisters have already gone by the grave, have already come back to say that the tomb is empty, uh, but, but yet they are sitting in a room scared. Lord have mercy. They're sitting in a room scared, but I want you to let you know my first point is that you can be hiding but not alone. 
I, I, I don't know uh, about you, but, but, but when we look at the resurrection, because we're 2,000 years later, we are looking at it in a reflective context of what Jesus has meant to everyone and, and how God was able to use that moment to spark a revolution in this world and how Christianity has been able to grow and to flourish. We look back over it from that standpoint, but one day after the resurrection... They were in the room scared trying to figure out what in the world was happening. They heard he got up, but they didn't necessarily believe he got up. I'm trying to help somebody here. That, that, that there are times along your journey in which it can take you a while to fully see what God is doing. But the thing that I love about the scriptures, it says on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. I'm going to stop right there. It said the disciples were what? together. And I want you to know that I don't know what your situation may be, but there's a power in togetherness. There's a power in a locking in with some folks. What? Together. And the thing that I looked and I saw in the scripture is the disciples had all experienced the trauma of watching and knowing that Jesus had been crucified, knowing that someone who they loved had been tortured, knowing that someone that they loved and the one who they had put all their hopes on was no longer there, that Jesus had been resurrected. They didn't fully understand, didn't fully believe it. And the Bible says that they were in the same room and they were in fear, but they were in there what? Together. There's a power of togetherness. Let me help you. I, I, I was looking at an article, Reverend Bill, and this article said that the World Health Organization has done a study, and they did a study, and after the first year of the pandemic, they realized that anxiety in the world had gone up by 25%. That in the world, I'm talking about not just the United States, I'm not just talking about in Suitland, I'm talking about in the world, the anxiety after the first year of the pandemic, anxiety and depression went up 25%. They said because of the social isolation of the pandemic, it had us socially isolated, the anxiety and depression went up 25%. Now I'm looking at these brothers because the Bible says that they are all in the room and they're what? Scared. They are in fear. Now, there's a difference between fear and anxiety. Fear is, is, is an actual a physiological, emotional response uh, to something that is a very present danger. Amen, somebody? Fear is an emotional response to a very present danger. Anxiety uh, is, is an emotional and physiological response to a perceived possible off danger. Fear is something's in front of you. And your body says, you got to be scared of it. Anxiety says, nothing's in front of you right now. But something may come up in front of you. And therefore, you need to be scared of it. Now, anxiety is not always bad. Because anxiety can cause you to prepare for an eventual possibility. So I don't want you to think that anxiety is always bad. No, anxiety, you're wired, God wired you to have fear so that if something hops in front of you, that you can do fight or flight, that you can understand it as a tiger in front of you. And so you got to understand, I'm going to fight the tiger or I'm going to run from the tiger. Amen, somebody? That's fear. Amen? The anxiety says that, well, that's an area where tigers sometimes are. And maybe I need to go in a different direction. Is that making sense to somebody? Now, when anxiety becomes a problem is when anxiety allows you to keep piling on to the fact that I'm at Suitland and I'm scared of tigers walking down the street. This is not a tiger's natural habitat, 
but anxiety would have you scared of tigers at the subway. Anxiety would have you scared of tigers at the carryout. You'd be at the carryout getting wings and mumbo and, and, and fries, salt, pepper, ketchup, and poking around looking for tigers, looking for a tiger to come because anxiety has you so caught up in tigers that you get caught up when it's no tigers around. But the thing that the scripture shows us, Lord have mercy, is the disciples were dealing with one of fear but also anxiety. They were dealing with the practical reality that Jesus had been crucified, dealing with the practical reality that religious leaders were out and could be against them, that the possibility of the religious leaders being against them was what had them anxious. Is that making sense to somebody? And they, but they were in the room together. Lord have mercy. I, I thought y'all would shout about that. Sometimes, when you are going through seasons of fear and anxiety, the way the enemy tries to keep you bound is to keep you isolated. If the enemy can keep you isolated, Lord have mercy, then anxiety can run rampant in your mind. But if God can get you together with some folks, y'all can all be scared, but something can happen in the room. To help you all to be able to shift what you're going through. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know that every now and then when your anxiety is wearing you out, when things keep piling in your head about this and then this and then this and then this is going to happen and now this is going to happen. I'm talking about it started out that, 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 that you heard a noise and then all of a sudden it was like, oh man, that sounded like a gunshot. Oh man, they shooting up around this joint. It wasn't no, it was a car backfiring. Amen, somebody. And now you done got yourself all the way in a place that you don't ever want to come out the house and you keep yourself isolated because of the anxiety. But when you get with somebody, somebody can tell you, baby, that was a car backfiring because Mr. Such and Such, his car um, needed a tune-up. Are y'all with me today? You've got to, that's why uh, during this season at Community of Hope, as we are coming back together in worship, uh, the, the, it's important for us to be what? Together. Because, well, I told y'all, uh, see, see, you can act like the pandemic had no effect on you. You can act like the pandemic had no challenges for you. But, but is there anybody here honest enough to admit that somewhere along the way you feel a little different than you did before the pandemic started? It, it had some kind of an impact. We've got to get together so that we can help each other work it through. Now, I, I want to tell you that to be together doesn't just mean physical proximity. Those who are watching online, I want to let you know you're together. That God has allowed technology to help you be in the room with us. And so you can be online by yourself in your house, but God has allowed technology to help you to be in the room with all of us. You are, I wish I had somebody up in here that would give God glory for somebody who's watching online and let them know we're in this thing. What? Together. Together. But, but the second thing I want you to, to understand, the second thing I want you to understand, and, 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 and this was important for me to see Reverend Bill in the text, uh, is that when you get in the room, you give room for Jesus to get in with you. That, that when you are together, you give room for Jesus to get in there with you. The Bible says what? They were together with the doors locked. 
for fear of the Jewish leaders. And it said, and Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Does not say Jesus knocked on the door and they opened it. Does not say Jesus had the key and he got in. The Bible says the door was what? Locked. The door was locked, but it said that Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. That Jesus, even when the door is locked, can get up in the room. And, and, and I want you all to be clear that when we do this together thing, we don't just do it because all of us are so smart. We do it because we believe that if we get together, Jesus may come join us. The, the reason that we come to Suitland High School on a Sunday morning is not because uh, uh, everybody's trying to look at your new outfit. It's not. We appreciate socializing together. It's a blessing to be able to see you. It's a blessing to be able to fellowship. But if Jesus don't show up, Lord have mercy, then we'll all leave out the same way that we came in. But I'm so glad to know that we come together because we are expecting for Jesus to show up. Jesus told the disciples earlier in Matthew before he was even crucified that he tells you that again I say to you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three gather in my name there I am with them where two or three gather in my name there I am with them. I thought somebody would have shouted where two, one, two, or three, one, two, three, are gathered in my name. Where two, one, two, or three, one, two, three, where two, one, two, or three, one, two, three, where two, one, two, or three, one, two, three, where two, one, two, or three, one, two, three, are gathered in my name. Where two on the on the chat or three in the chat are gathered in my name. I will be in the midst. I wish I had somebody up in here that knew how to give God glory because Jesus is here. And the Bible says, Lord, have mercy. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. In other words, Jesus came up in the room and said, peace be with you. Anybody want some peace today? Anybody begging God for some peace today? Anybody need God to settle your spirit today? Anybody need God to settle your heart today? Anybody need God to settle your mind today? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, shall guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be In the midst, Jesus is in the room. The third thing I'm done is your scars don't define you. Your scars don't define you. I look at the scripture. So Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. That after he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now, y'all remember that just a couple of a few days ago that Jesus had been uh, beaten in a room 
by a whole regiment of the army. The Jesus had been whipped until his flesh was ripped wide open. Jesus had had a crown of thorns placed on his head until he was bleeding from his head. Jesus had been put on a cross in which he was nailed in his hands and nailed in his feet. He died, and in his dying moments, they took a sword and stabbed him and pierced him in his side. That Jesus had scars. The interesting thing for me is that Jesus comes up into the room and he shows them the signs of his beatdown. Jesus comes in the room and shows them his hands and his side. Shows them where the nails went in. Shows them where he was gutted, where they put the spear in his side. Shows them his scars. He shows them what for me were the symbols of his defeat. He showed them the symbols of his beatdown. He showed them the symbols of his most vulnerable moment. The thing is that Jesus understood that even though the scars were the signs of what appeared to be defeat, his presence was the proof of victory. So Jesus was not concerned about them defining him by his scars. And the challenge for many of us is we've let people define us by our scars. We've let people define us by our defeats. We've let people define us by our worst moments. We've let people define us by those things that uh, are still showing up in us uh, from times that were not our best times and our best seasons. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That, that, that we let folks define us by our previous addictions. We let folks define us by our previous mistakes. We let folks define us by our previous lives. We let folks define us by what we used to do and who we used to be. But I've come by to let you know uh, that your presence, Lord have mercy, the fact that you're still here shows you've got the victory. The fact that you survived shows uh, that you have made it. That Jesus could step up in the room and show him his scars because he still lived. Is there anybody in the house today that says, baby, I'm still here. And all the hell that I've been through, all the scars that I've got, all the challenges that I've had, the fact that I'm still here is a test that I've got the victory. Is there anybody in the house today that can say, I've got the victory over the enemy? That baby, if you saw my scars, if you saw all the spaces and the places that I've been hurt, if you saw how they misused me and how they abused me, if you saw how they threw me away and thought I would never become anything, but baby, the fact that I can make my way into this room on a Sunday morning is my testimony. The fact that I can make my way into Superman High School on a Sunday morning is a testimony. It's proof of life.
should not be here but God. Is there anybody here that's your testimony? I should not be here but God. If it had not been for the Lord, there's a whole lot of folks that I was with that didn't make it. Have I got somebody knows what I'm talking about? A whole lot of folks that I was with that lost their mind. A whole lot of folks that I was with that are not here anymore. A whole lot of folks that I was with that, that are not alive anymore. But if it had not been, I do not know why I made it. They did. I do not know. I wasn't better than them. I wasn't more spiritual than them. But somehow, by God's grace and by God's mercy, I'm here. And I may not be the best, but I'm here. I may not have it all together, but baby, I'm here. I may not be everything you like, but I'm here. And that's enough proof. I'm a walking, talking, breathing. Have I got anybody in here? Maybe my presence. That because he lives, I live. That because he lives, because of his scars, my scars don't matter. That because of his scars, you can't hold my scars against me. That because of his scars, and his name is Jesus. Because, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Watch this, watch this. Because he lives, all fear, all anxiety is gone. Because I know who holds the future. I told you, anxiety is about you getting reflective on the future you haven't seen just yet. But when I know who holds the future, then my life is worth the living. My life is worth the live, 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 live. My life is worth the living. Just because he lives. Somebody you've been grappling with anxiety, depression, worry. It's been wearing you out. It's been wearing you out. There's no shame in it. I told you on the whole globe, anxiety and depression increased by 25% worldwide. There's no shame, it just makes you normal. What we've just gone through is abnormal. These past two years have not been normal. If they have you feeling some kind of way, it just means you're human. Amen. I just wanna let you know that God and a good therapist can get you through. I, I want to let you know you're trying to hold this by yourself and the devil is using the isolation to keep you bound but you need to talk to somebody you need to be with somebody 
you need to share with somebody who knows how to walk you through where you're at. Have I got a witness in the house today? Why? Because you got to get in the room together with somebody to help you. If you've been grappling with anxiety, depression in this season, I'm not even saying that you were saying that you are full-blown or have anxiety issues. I'm just saying you've been struggling with anxiety. I tell you, as your pastor, I've been more anxious in these last two years than all the years of my life. Because the reality is at one point during the pandemic, the only reason we left the house was to try to take care of my parents, give folks food, or bury somebody. I'm talking about, and I'm talking about, we were feeding some folks at one point four times a week. Burying folks and, and, and having to bury folks when their whole family couldn't even be there. Only 10 people could be in a room. I was dealing with members and loved ones who I wanted to visit in the hospital and couldn't go to the hospital to, to help visit them even as they died because of COVID. As a pastor, I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm the kind of pastor I want to be in a hospital with you. I'm the kind, and it was wearing me out because I was feeling like I couldn't be who I needed to be for y'all. Trying to figure out how in the world do we move from Sunday service and now I gotta be a whole TV producer and make a whole daggone TV show like it's BET every daggone Sunday. And the enemy, I, I, I was getting anxious about stuff that I never got anxious about before. And I had to realize I was normal, that this was a rough season. Somebody today, you've been feeling more anxious, more low than you've ever felt before. And you just want God to touch you right now and give you peace. Want Jesus to step up into the room and help you. If that's you, or you just stand wherever you are, or if that's you, you can just raise your hand if you're already standing. That's you. That's you. That's you. Why do you all think all during the pandemic, one of the things we made sure that we had on our Sunday service every Sunday was Reverend Dr. Ware talking about mental health stuff because we knew we needed to do whatever we could to help us navigate the isolation of this moment. Those who had raised their hands, and those who didn't want to raise their hands, those who were online and raised their hands in the chat, I believe in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost that Jesus is in the room. And when Jesus walked up in the room, he said, peace be with you. Then he showed him himself. And the Bible says the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. They had fear and anxiety. But because Jesus got up in the room and showed himself to them, now they got joy. It's like that song, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it. The world what? Can't take it away. 
Jesus then later on in the same scripture says what? Again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then with that he says he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew what they needed to get through. I believe in this moment, as you have acknowledged your challenge, Jesus is in the room. And it is my prayer in this moment, he's going to breathe on you. Breathe on you. Breathe on you. Breathe on you. There's a lot of grief in this room. We've all suffered loss during this season. Breathe and comfort you. The Holy Spirit. Breathe on you. Receive the Holy Spirit. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for these who are in the room. We thank you, God, for those who are in the room with us online. We thank you, God, we're in this thing together. And now, God, in Jesus' name, we pray that your hand will be upon your people. God, in Jesus' name, this has been a rough season for all of us. God, in the name, Lord Jesus, we ask, like in Philippians, that you said the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which doesn't make sense, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. God guards somebody's heart right now. Touch their minds right now. The enemy has trying to keep, been trying to keep them isolated, trying to keep them anxious, trying to keep them depressed. But we speak peace be with you in the name of Jesus. Peace be with you in the name of Jesus peace be with you in the name of Jesus peace be with you in the name of Jesus peace be with you in the name of Jesus we thank you God for breakthroughs and we thank you God that even when we receive the breakthrough may take us a little while to totally feel it all. But we thank you, God, that even though the check may be in the hole, it's still waiting on us. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for peace upon your people. When peace like a river attendeth our way and sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever our lot thou hast taught us to say it is well, it is well, with our soul. God, I thank you that it's well with my soul. God, I thank you that I'm going to be all right. God, I thank you that your people, God, shall know your peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody, if you receive that, just shout, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Receive it. Won't you help me? Won't you stand all over the church, all that are able? Won't you stand all over the church, all that are able? 
And please don't move and don't leave. Please don't move and don't leave. If you have never accepted Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of your life, today is your day to give your heart to him. Today is your day. As valuable as being together in that room was, they didn't get peace and joy until Jesus came in because they were in relationship with him. Somebody today, you need to give your heart to Christ today. The Bible says God loved the world so much, he sent his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus can make all the difference in your life, and today is your day. Whether you're here or whether you're online, today is your day. If you're online, I want you to just click right there on the link right there or just text Hope Decision to 474747. Text Hope Decision to 474747. We want to get connected with you. If you're saved, if you want to give your life to Christ, or if you need a church home, you may already be saved, but you need a church home. Today, come on, join Community of Hope. We're not perfect, but we're trying to do it together. And the reality is, if you walk up in here, you're going to see a lot of scars. But our scars don't define us. Our presence shows we're victorious. Don't get caught up on the scars. Get caught up on the testimonies. And when you understand the fact that we actually made it, you'll be able to shout for us because if you, when you look at what we have been, you'll know it must have been God to get us through. If you need to get saved, need a church home, or you just want to rededicate your faith, today is your day. So won't you, if that's you here, but you're either not saved and you want to give your life to Christ or you need a church home or you want to rededicate your faith. Won't you just raise your hand where you are? If that's you, if you're one, God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Online, let us know. Say it's me online right there. Say it's me. Say it's me. Say it's me. Community of Hope, I want you, we said we got to do some stuff, what, together, right? So I want you to help me together, because there were some who didn't raise their hand, who I know hands should have been raised high. I, I want you to ask folks two questions. Y'all know the questions. One, are you saved? Two, you do you have a church home? I want you to ask your neighbor to the, wait till I say go, to the left, the right, the front, the back. Ask at least three folks, neighbor, are you saved? Do you have a church? And if they say no to either, ask them, would you like to? Tell them, I'll raise my hand for you. Come on, all over the church. All over the church, just ask somebody. Neighbor, are you saved? Do you have a church? Are you saved? Do you have a church? Are you saved? Do you have a church? Are you saved? Is there someone else today you want to give your life to Christ or rededicate your faith or make this your church home? Raise your hand. We see the hands. Now, if you raise your hand, if you wanted to give your life to Christ or make this your church, come on. Won't you do me a favor and step out from where you are? Just come on down to the front. Our ministers, can you be right here to be able to greet them? If you raise your hand, just tell your neighbors, excuse me. I want to go on down there. Excuse me. Excuse me. We just want to pray with you. We just want to pray with you. 
Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for them as they come. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for them as they come.